fourth date that we went on, uh, I ended up in handcuffs and I went to jail. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> True story. This actually happened. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm Eden. And I'm Jay. And welcome to Eden XJ Unfiltered, the podcast where we get to transparently and authentically give you the unfiltered versions of our lives, uh, stories, and experiences, answer, experiences questions answered, all of the above. Um, this is a very safe and sexy space for all of us to be. It's very well needed. Um, I feel like social media doesn't really give us the space to authentically say a lot of the things that we need to say within a small caption and or a seven second video with some trendy music. It's just, uh, that's just not enough for us. <laughs> what do you think? I think we get censored quite a lot on social media. So this is a nice safe space for us to just freely discuss and have open communication about topics that we care about. So welcome <laughs> and thank you for joining us. This first topic, because we're just going to dive right in. Uh, this first topic has been a long time coming. Excuse my nervousness or even bringing this up. Not that I don't want to. This is a conversation I feel like is very important to our story. Um, for those of you who are new here and don't know our story, Jay and I have spent the past two years uh, sharing our love and being advocates for a healthy communication on social media. We've spent countless posts and, and videos talking about the openness and realness of what it takes to have a healthy relationship. We're extremely proud of it. We wouldn't change it for the world. We've shared the good, the bad, and the ugly. This podcast would be no different. It's just a little more extra ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the unfiltered version. I mean, it's still beautiful. Um, it has beautiful lessons behind life. And this is no exception. So without further ado, the first, the four, oh, sorry, the fourth date that we went on, uh, I ended up in handcuffs and I went to jail. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> True story. This actually happened. <laughs> Here we are in some sexy, safe space and we're going to talk about it. Uh, and I feel like the way we should start this story is how did we even get here? So that actually started with our first date. So maybe you want to yeah, share can, your version of our first date? Sure. <laughs> I can give you everybody the cliff notes of, of how we met. So Eden and I met on a dating app one day, one magical day. Um, it took me a month to finally say yes and go on a, a date with Eden. Oh, <laughs> Talk about okay. So now I don't feel so bad for what's gonna happen next. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> she did. She she strung me along. I didn't string you along. I was cautious. I cautious. Yes, I was done dirty multiple times on dating apps, so I was very cautious. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, this is another podcast story, but we. <laughs> We accidentally hooked up with the same girl, which uh, will be episode number two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's so many truths to this. Yes, we accidentally hooked up with the same girl right before we met each mm -hmm. other. So I think she, the story is just so rough and so jaded that we were both very cautious. Correct. So ri rightfully so. You, honestly, had you had talked to me so fresh after what had happened with that I girl. I don't think you would have connected with me it, on the level that we did. Correct. You are correct. 
ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you, <laughs> you won that answer. Uh, so now I'm not so mad. You okay. kept waiting. Anyways, let's go back to the story. Yeah. So I finally went on a date with Eden. And on our first date, she was 45 minutes late. Which is insane because a lot of you wouldn't have waited. I know a lot of my friends wouldn't have waited. But for whatever reason, I stuck around. For whatever reason, <laughs> you know what reason. And do not. She was hot as hell. Okay. Her, date, her dating profile was all thirst traps. <laughs> and I was thirsty. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I'm blushing. I this freaking thing. You can't be doing this to me right now. I need water. <laughs> Anyways, how do you still do this to me? <laughs> Anyways, that's not what I was talking about. Okay, you know you why about? you waited because you had another date lined up after me. Well, I did. So I had it's another... not like you had a place to be. You had to be in the same place. Okay, Correct. So for content, I love your cliff notes because they work me. in your favor. <laughs> you told me to let them know our story and I'm doing just that. So, this is unfiltered. So <laughs> they need the truth and not the, 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 the semi-filtered version. I had a second date lined up right after you in Venice, um, which is the area that we were meeting in. For context, backstory, neither her or I live anywhere near Venice. <laughs> so we might as well have gone to Venice, Italy instead of <laughs> Venice. You're Santa not Monica. wrong. It's so far from where we live by default it is like an hour away from but where we both live true and i got the keys a week early to what was supposed to be my new two-story bachelorette big girl apartment yes it was like a loft it was beautiful it was all white was it, it worth it though anyways so the <laughs> yeah. landlord i was painting a picture okay so the landlord came early and surprised me and he came and i was moving from like one apartment room to like obviously a bigger room that's why he just showed up and he was gonna do just an inspection to get me the keys early and i wasn't supposed to have pets i have always been a rabbit person i've been a rabbit person my whole life there's baby cat cakes. people dog people rabbit people baby cakes how many bunnies have you had in your life time 16 <laughs> if that tells you anything about bunnies and eden but first of all unfiltered truth bunnies don't live very long two bunnies don't live very long and three <laughs> i didn't have them all at the same time it was throughout my whole life okay and one time i think i had like three at the same time um not helping the case but i was down to one and this was me and cannoli it was cannoli and i against the world she was my baddie she was my ride or die i was <laughs> not gonna leave her behind and i have a trusted bunny sitter slash bff mm -hmm. that was supposed to come pick her up because i i had a caller and to say like hey please do me a solid i have a date i really don't want to miss this and i could not explain to you all what gut feeling I had about this first date. And and I know, I know, 45 minutes sounds bad. It doesn't sound bad. It is bad. I, I, As someone who's experienced it, let me tell you. I will tell you, I've been even more late to dates before. Like I've been, I that think, an hour and a you. half. It doesn't help you. It doesn't I make was, me feel any better. I, was, I know it sounds bad, but there have been worse. I was not, I was not. In <laughs> and we're not going to talk about that because this is our love story. I know, I know. So I, anyway, so back, backing it up. It, I feel like I was set up for failure because 
Because first of all, my bunny sitter was running late. Therefore, I was running late. So if you add on five minutes, you know it's going to be an extra 45 minutes to get to the other side of the city. Basically, to hop on a plane and go to freaking Venice, Italy to go to the state. Mm -hmm. That's how Mm -hmm. far we're going. Okay. And this what i didn't know is that she had another date lined up after me also in venice that's why she picked the location i guess okay sorry this was date number two with this other girl so i guess she got dibs on (laughs) the venue space and like where to go and so she told me venice i picked the restaurant yes you did and so this is where now the blame goes kind of back on me yes because the restaurant that baby cakes chose would not allow me to sit at the table until my party got there my party of two that was running 45 minutes late um they refused to sit me and this restaurant did not have a bar right you would think maybe i'll just hang out at the bar there was no bar so it was just me kicking rocks on the curb (laughs) waiting for eden to show up whenever she decided to show up for our date I'm so sorry because I knew that about that restaurant that they will not seat you unless your whole party is there. Horrible. And then, of course, I had a second date line up. So that was just like backing the time in between for the second date. And so I... I'm rushing. I'm like literally going at the speed of light. I'm pretty sure I'm breaking a bunch of laws just trying to get here. There came a point where... I was I was wearing heels and I was thinking like I how fast can I run and can I run <laughs> you faster can run than fast this, in heels than this traffic is going and it's also the worst place in the world to park if anybody knows Santa Monica and Venice there is zero parking I happened to find I think a party that was happening that day and somebody had valet and then I just said that I was attending the party. I threw my keys inside the car, made eye contact barely with the valet and just left and just prayed to God (laughs) my car would be there when I came back and I would pay whatever he charged me. But I was so late. I just threw the keys, hail Mary shot and left. And I was like, he could he could just steal it. Like he, he I have no nothing right now. So I'll deal with that when I get there. And then I start running and then I'm running. And at the same time, I was like, crying to my best friend because I was so late and even she was like oh yeah this girl's never gonna talk to you like (laughs) you should just honestly why are we even going on this date like she hate she's gonna hate you and then I'm standing across the street at the light praying that it turns green so I could run over because I see you and you're like bright yellow pants and like white top and the sun is just perfectly behind you and you look so mad and I didn't even know you (laughs) at that point and I knew you were mad (laughs) I wasn't happy about waiting outside this restaurant for 45 minutes. But I was real. No, you were real. I think that's what made it up. As soon as you walked in slow motion, Baywatch slow motion towards me, I mean, my, my heart boobs sank like and your jiggling. boobs. Yeah, all of it. All <laughs> it was like chef's kiss. It was a perfect scene out of Baywatch. And you just I, forgot that yeah, you were mad? totally. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, let's do this date. This is going to be fun. And then I let it all go and we got seated. The waiter made sure to let you know how crummy you were yeah he did for letting me (laughs) wait 45 minutes yeah he looked at me he's like oh you actually do exist Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's the homie now everyone's so mad at me we're bffs now now. talk about this all the time you guys are (laughs) i was like he's so mad at me everyone's so everyone here knows that i am i'm 45 minutes late and i'm a crappy person so no but you're not a crappy person you made up for it as soon as we sat down we ordered a ton of food you liked wine. We sat down and we didn't even touch our food because we had the best conversations yeah. right out the gate. I went into that 
date as if I had nothing to lose. Because at that point, I didn't. I knew you were never going to speak to me again. I knew there was just no forgiving and going back from this. What my new strategy was, for any of you who don't know, I'm a strategist, so I, I think ahead of time. I don't really live too much in the moment. I knew if I... I knew there was no way in hell I was ever going to see you again. So if I wanted to stay, I had to keep the date going. Because mm -hmm. the moment the date ended, you were going to walk away and you were going to walk out of my life forever. Straight into a second date with a different girl. <laughs> that part I didn't know. <laughs> and I know maybe I would just let you walk. <laughs> I was like, fine, go. How dare you? Uh, and that was my new plan. It was operation, never let first date end, go. Well played. And that day we had the most, the longest, most authentic conversation. I definitely tried to think of like, how can I keep this going? And we didn't touch the food. Also, the crazy thing about that, I probably picked the most craziest re restaurant. This restaurant is family style. We were yep. both two pretty <laughs> petite people. And these were family portions like that can feed four or six people. And it's just the two of us. And we ordered like three entrees. Everything off the menu. Like the entire table was full of food that we did not touch, unfortunately. Killed um, the bottle of wine, though. Killed the bottle of wine. Great conversation. And then, uh, and then it was time for me to leave because I had that second date. And I never made it to that second date because Eden then suggested to um, go get ice cream and then go to the movies and it just did not stop. And then you asked me. I mean, there's some more intricates to this first date. <laughs> so sorry. I know we're supposed to get to date four, but we'll wrap up date number one. Yep. Uh, we have the full video that I think does it so, such great justice still to this day on our YouTube. It's so fun uh, because I love hearing your version and my version. <laughs> Uh, but definitely go check out the YouTube because it has the full, but wrapping up date one, because there's so many juicy details that we're not going to be able to get to. Yeah, uh, I was trying to get to get date four. I know, I know. I um, I basically asked you to come back to my place. Yes, you did. And Bomb, chicka, you wah, never wah. made it to that date or any day after that. And now <laughs> we're married and that's how good you put it down. Put it down. <laughs> Not wrong. I'm Let's so proud. go. Okay. So on date one, part of this beautiful conversation that was happening, I crazily asked you, hey, by the way, in two weeks, I have my 10-year high school reunion. Would you like to go with me as my date? And I said, say less because <laughs> I, my high school never had a 10-year reunion. So for me, I missed out on that. And two, I get to go to like this baddie's high school and Aww. like just I get to know more about you I get to find out like what my competition is if there was anybody in high school what <laughs> yeah I was scoping <laughs> it out this is perfect and I get to just have a good time with you it was such a good time and I guess that could have been a red flag I could have been like hmm am I crazy for asking or is she crazy for saying yes both <laughs> <laughs> It was very much Beyonce crazy in love right there. Um, but we we are not quitters. So <laughs> a deal is a deal once you agree and you agree. And our dates one, two, three were all super crazy. It's just this one is just slightly crazier. And I guess we can get into those dates when the time comes on this podcast. But date number four. Yes. Time comes. Two weeks pass. Yes. Jay was actually on a work trip in New York. 
and you were there for a couple of days, but you were adamant about not missing this high school reunion. And I told you, it was like, you're going to be jet lagged. You're going to be tired. No worries. You don't have to make it. It's totally cool. And then you're like, no, like I am going to your high school reunion. Yes, uh, because A, I bought a brand new two-piece suit. You did. Uh, yes. Lavender. Uh, this is beautiful suit. And I was going to show up and show out and just have the best time with you. And it was a chance to see you again. So, of course, I was going to do anything in my power to make it happen, even if I was jet lagged, tired um, and just exhausted. It didn't really matter because I got to spend time with you. And a little extra preface it for this. While Jane was in New York, I had my like doctor's appointment or a checkup. And just for extra con- context, uh, I had lost my mom to cancer about six months before I met Jay and so I had been going to therapy and I had been dealing a lot with uh, depression when Jay asked me on our first date like why are you single that was the most real and authentic answer I think I lied to a lot of people on other dates where like why are you single I'm just like "Ah, I'm single Uh, and with Jay she asked me the same question and I was like I don't feel like I don't know who any I don't know how somebody can love someone with only half a heart because my mom took the other half when she died and I'm just not there. I don't know if I'll ever be there, but I know I, I'm i supposed to be here in this moment with you. And it was just very real and it was very raw. And when Jay was in New York, I had my like regular checkup. I got a new job, new insurance. I was just doing my thing. And then this new doctor asked me, like, you know, how are you doing? I said, good. I, um, I told him I was feeling a little extra sad. And I don't remember why. I think it was just because we were coming off of like my birthday, Mother's Day. It's six months. It was just getting harder. And uh, my – I'm not going to lie. Going back to my hometown because it's so small. I, I went to a small town. Um, I grew up in a small town in Northern California modesto modesto methdesto whatever you like to refer to (laughs) um it is a very hick and country town it's um pretty poor uh it's again is small so every place i drive through every place i look at every everything reminds me of my mom because this is where i grew up this is where we got coffee this is where i rode my bike like all of it this is where i had my first job so i wasn't thrilled about going back to this town because the last time I was here, I, I I lost my mom. I was filled with so many s- sad memories of her going through cancer and all of those things. So I wasn't excited about it. And so my doctor was like, you know, how are you feeling? I said, well, extra sad. I'm actually going back to my hometown for a reunion. And he said he's going to change my antidepressant prescription. And I had been on these antidepressants for – like since I lost my mom so they were already relatively new and I feel like I had just adjusted to getting used to them and he's my doctor I didn't really ask questions I just went with it and I didn't know I didn't even check but my dosage was doubled the type of medication I was on was completely changed and I didn't know that until we'll get to it after. But that was just like a little preface of what happened before we jumped on this road trip. Um, So I got back from the doctor's appointment, packed my bags, and came to pick up Jay from the airport. You looked so beautiful and so (laughs) tired from partying the night before, but it was so worth seeing you. I was really excited. 
Um, we get in the car. We're jamming out on the road for five hours, playing ca- card karaoke, getting to know each other, getting to asking know each way other. more questions, eating Taco Bell on the road. Ugh, such a mem- <laughs> such a memorable moment. And everything started to go so well. I took you to the fanciest restaurant <laughs> in all of Modesto, which uh, was Skewers. It's just this. <laughs> it's like a little rinky-dink Mediterranean <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> it's the fanciest place i could think of and then so we we got there and then granted i it's my high school reunion i wanted to look so freaking hot and like tits were out ladies and gentlemen yeah tiniest dress like boobs were up to my neck it was just a whole vibe and i remember uh, uh, as i was unpacking and we're on our way to dinner i was like damn it my medication i need to take it before i forget so i took it before dinner we get to dinner. We order the biggest entree. It's like skewers, rice, everything. We got dessert. I had, had a glass of wine. Uh, it was even champagne. I had yeah, one, glass one glass of glass champagne, champagne at dinner. And we weren't going to stay in this small town very long. We booked a whole weekend away in San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco is about mm, an hour and a half away from the town that I live in. So it only made sense that we should just stay there because there's nothing to do in Modesto. Mm-hmm. And so this was just literally supposed to be a pit stop. And we get to the reunion. Jay. I had the best time. As soon as I walked in, I made best friends with prom queen. I be- I made best friends with the football team. I made <laughs> best friends with literally everybody. You were in best friends with this guy who had, mm. I think, alligator teeth. He did. As a necklace. He did. And a big and a cowboy hat. hat. Yep. <laughs> he's my best friend yeah you made best friends with literally everyone i had the best time it was like my 10-year reunion high school 10-year reunion and at that time um they were all every i remember everyone was asking for like a group picture and the bartender saw you and i just kind of hiding off in the corner because i didn't want to be in the group picture i I did i did not (laughs) i was just like okay you had your fun let's go and Jay was like no no no, we have to take a picture and then everybody did like a cheer shot so I had one shot at the actual reunion and I was pretty sober and you got lit I I had because I knew Eden was driving and we had she had the glass of champagne like two hours prior to us arriving to the 10 high school reunion and then she had that one shot like at the very beginning of us arriving and we didn't leave for another like two or three hours. So I had the green light to just let loose. So I had a ton of alcohol that night. It was uh, it was open bar. Not that it was a fancy bar. It was just an open bar. Yep. And I was just like watching Jay do her thing. She was having fun. I was dancing on the dance floor. I oh, yeah. The dance circle. It was perfect. And granted, majority, and I know what you're envisioning, probably like some really cool hip hop night. Um, insert a lot of country, and the DJ was had, like 18 years old, had braces, and he had braces. He was like a baby, and they were playing like top 40s. It was like this crazy. Yeah, it was very humbling for her to come all the way from LA because <laughs> she was born and raised in LA, and it was a very different experience than normally what you're used to, and. There's just came a moment when we were on the dance floor 
there was like oh, some bring this up. Yes, this is unfiltered. Now, this is a very important part of the story. <laughs> Probably the most important part. So it was literally just her and I. It felt like everyone kind of melted away. And then Jake comes in and she's holding me and we're like dancing to not a romantic country song. It is just probably like boot scootin' boogie, like something happening in the background. <laughs> and she comes up to me and she tells me, I love you. I did. And then runs away. I did because I was so scared of my emotions. Like I couldn't believe that it like it the words fell out of my mouth. He really did. It was kind of like word vomit. Yeah. Just hoping that you I, don't actually I vomit. I felt it. I get that part. <laughs> I felt it in my core. And for whatever reason, that slow dance with country music in the background and the, the guy with the um, alligator teeth. teeth necklace. It was just like this beautiful setting. And you were perfect. <laughs> and you look so beautiful. So I just Aww. said, I love you. And I got so scared that I said that so fast that I ran away. Why were you scared to tell me you love me? Because I think it was too fast. Like for me, it felt like, whoa, like it's going too fast. Like to to tell someone um, during your fourth date that you love them and you mean it because I did mean it. Obviously, we're married now. <laughs> um, but at, in that moment, I meant it and I was so scared that I was feeling these things so mm. quickly. Like the fastest I've ever felt with anybody. So I think that scared me. I think like I look back on that and I was confused just because I didn't know you. It was like, why did you run? Mm-hmm. Um, but now knowing you now and having gone through a lot of things that we went through, emotions and expressing your emotions were not easy for me in the beginning. No. And I think this was kind of a little preface of what I would be experiencing and working on with you in our future. And what we've talked about a lot on our page and growing up in a, the household that you did grow up, emotions were just not allowed. And so for you to go and just feel that and express it, and even though you ran from it, <laughs> you you eventually came back. Yes, yes. No, I ran, <laughs> I ran to the bar and then you came back and you were like, what do you mean by that? And we had like, I think that was like our first um, conversation about feelings and emotions. And yeah. I, uh, I, m- I wanted you to feel safe. Yeah. And you you made me feel safe since day one. Yeah. So. And I very much was feeling it too. And I didn't have to tell you I love you back. But, but you did. I'm glad you did. I'm very glad you did. And I think that was it for me. I was like, can we get out of here? Please? Yes. That was literally what you said. You, you you kissed me and you said, can we get out of here? And I was like, say less. Let's go. <laughs> and so we get in the car and we start our drive up to the Bay Area. And I start to feel a little funny and like fuzzy after this moment. And you were kind of tired and you were passing out. And so I didn't know how to deal with this because I didn't know what was happening to my body I felt like I was losing control of like my limbs um I felt like I was going like numb a little bit and I didn't think like this I was having like an adverse reaction Mm -hmm. to a lot of my medication and um I remember thinking and some of it gets a little fuzzy but I remember um knowing that we were running out of gas, but not feeling like it was an urgent emergency. Like I remember thinking everything was fine and that 
you know, getting gas, it, it's just going to go off, but it's going to be okay. Like I'll get gas when it's convenient on my time. Mm-hmm. And that's just not a rational thing. I'm very much an, an not an anxiety ridden person, but I, I don't act well to like emergencies like that. I like to prepare and not have to deal with those things. Like for goodness sakes, I have an all white apartment at the time. Like I'm very careful and cautious with what I do. So just risking running out of gas was so unlike me. And then so we ended up running out of gas. Um, We needed to be moved to the side of the freeway because we were like in the third or second lane. And um, I ended up waking you up. I told you, I was like, hey, just it's not emergency i just need to call chp so we can um get pushed to the side so i've already called AAA; they're on their way and then we're gonna get back on the road and we'll get out of here um as soon as we can and uh you were a bit wasted so you were kind of like okay just like tell me when they get here and i was like okay um chp arrives i'm talking with them we're like fine and they're they move the car to the side i told them i've already called AAA. everything's going good and mainly i'm talking to like this latino officer and he's we're both having a conversation and i I told him where i'm going i'm like we're literally 30 minutes away from whoop drop something i told the officer we're 30 minutes away from our hotel and you know we're just gonna have AAA pick up the car and then we're gonna you know go to the hotel and deal with it later and for whatever freaking reason, this other officer that he's with is just really like total a hole out for me. And um, he said that I was like acting intoxicated, that I need to do like all of these tests. Um, I did the Which test. You did the tests and you, you passed them all with flying colors. I was so impressed. <laughs> yeah, I like walked the line. I did the ABCs backwards. If anything, I was just more nervous and like anxiety ridden because like I had never been pulled over before I was just like first of all I called you like why are we doing this but I think I mean I think I was also telling them like I'm the one that's drunk like yeah she hasn't been drinking at all this is ridiculous so I was also getting a little mouthy and I I can't be I'm like how are we getting charged with drinking and driving when no one is driving there's no car that operates there's nothing that works there's there's nothing going on um, but for whatever reason, like I, again, I was still losing motor control of like my legs and my like arms. So I still was, I'm sure acting really weird. And I kept telling and repeating that everything was fine because that's how I felt. Like in that moment, it felt like nothing was urgent. Like everything was just going to be fine. Everyone was overreacting. And I can definitely tell you, like, I, I feel like I drugged myself. <laughs> And well, I think obviously your medication was doubled and your body wasn't used to it. And I'm sure that that one shot that you took hours ago had some sort of effect on the medication. So yeah, it was just a huge recipe for disaster. Um, and the officer was not being any sort of lenient. This is obviously like drunk driving is very serious and I take it very seriously. Uh, and hence why like if I had been drinking excessively, if I didn't have dinner, if I didn't wait hours before even driving again, if all of those things weren't a factor, I wouldn't be in this situation. But like, here we are. And then I'm going to like reframe back like <laughs> three years ago <laughs> when we met. I was also like 20 pounds lighter. I, mean, I, I have love, love, like love um, thickness on, which is so cute. But I was a lot thinner and like – I couldn't even tell you what that 
what that certain amount of alcohol would be to barely blow over that line. And I did do the breathalyzer, did everything, didn't even qualify for a DUI, ended up getting like a, a wet reckless. That's just like the longevity and the short of it all. But when I'm going back and forth with these officers and I'm telling them like, just take the car. Like I've, again, was the one that called you. I've done everything I needed to do. I called AAA. I've been, I'm the responsible one. Everything is fine. And AAA showed up. They did. And they came and they took and they the totally car. Just, yeah, exactly. They didn't take the car. They just shooed them away. <laughs> they, they told AAA, we got it. And then AAA left. Yeah. And then they ended up impounding our car at the police station. Wait, but before that, like, so I'm in the passenger seat. I'm like really drunk <laughs> and I do remember all of this though and uh, the officer came up to me and he was like Eden I'm taking her away I'm booking her and I was like on what like she hasn't even drank all night like this makes no sense and he's like don't worry about it I'm booking her she's and we're taking her do you want me to call an uber for you or do you need us to drop you off somewhere and like I was so baffled and confused as to why they were taking her. And I remember looking back at their cop car and she was in handcuffs heading towards the back seat. And I was like, I want to go where she's going. <laughs> and they were like, she's going to jail. We're booking her. Like, you're free to go. And I was like, I don't care what you say. I want to go where she's going. And they just looked at me like dumbfounded. Like, I, he, like you're free to go. You don't have to go to jail. And I was like, I'm not leaving her side. Like, throw me in the back with her because I'm going to go to jail with her. And they were just like, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> and then I, I, I'm in the back of the car in handcuffs. Again, tits are out just to like paint the picture <laughs> of this narrative. I think I have my mascara running down at this point. Because then it's like starting to hit me that it's a little serious. I still think people are overreacting at this point and everything is going to be fine. No. And Jay gets put in the back of the cop car and I remember looking at her and my hands are cuffed behind my back and I'm like... Oh, wait, and the two cops are literally in the front passenger seat. Oh, yeah. They're listening to this entire conversation. The whole nine yards. And I look at her and I tell her, I know you just told me you love me, but you can totally take it back if you want to. <laughs> like we can you can go back to LA and then we can go our separate ways and you never have to speak to me again it's okay like I won't judge you and I remember like I sobered up really quickly at that <laughs> point I was pretty sober and I looked at her and I was like we don't have to talk about this right now let's talk about this later let's just get through this and I'm like I want to talk about it now <laughs> like a true Gemini it's she's like fine. I want to talk about it now I can't hold it in we just have to have a serious conversation right on front of the two cops and then Jay is like stop talking <laughs> please <laughs> and then so we get to booking we again like extra layer of how bad could this night have possibly gotten it gets worse um so on the way to san francisco we ended up losing gas and getting booked in oakland which is where my father is a sergeant police officer yep and as soon as the white officer found out that um, your dad was my, fa my father was involved, uh, he made it very much a mission to book me. I do remember that. And he I remember him saying, he's like, I booked someone-so's son the other day. I'm just going to add you to my roster. And it was it didn't matter what I could say or what I was going to do. He was very much on a mission. And 
I, I mean, looking back, there are so many other things I could have done. Um, but you know, here we are now. Everything happens for a reason. But we get to the station, and they're not holding me in jail. They're not going to book me in jail. They're not doing my mugshot. They're they're just holding me. They're still, you know, writing me up and all that stuff, but they are going to release me under the condition that my father picks comes and up. picks me up. Oh, picks us up. Because yeah. at this point, my car was t- towed and yeah. all of our suitcases, all of our luggage, everything that we packed for the weekend was in the car and they didn't allow us to take anything out. The so- toothbrush, the chonies, <laughs> the money, the, all of the shoes, everything. We had the barely clothes on our back you were still in your lavender three-piece suit <laughs> i was in this like hoochie ass dress with tennies oh they let me put tennies on and not just still wearing my heels and that is what we were wearing that's all we had to our name and then my phone and your phone and i'm in handcuffs just kind of moving my hands to the side to try to text my friend because i'm immediately thinking like we have no car no money no anything we cannot go to my father's house like Mm -hmm. i am not gonna be stuck there a whole weekend with this like imagine being like an adult and feeling like you're gonna get grounded beyond (laughs) grounding for like ever and you're in so much trouble so my again future me is like i must I must come up with a strategy. I must, I must like have a mission. And it was operation, get your BFF to help you out like and go. And so I tried Shout to – Shout out to Alicia. I, I, we've been best friends since um, junior high. Jeez, oh my gosh. We've been friends forever, but thank God. Um, so I literally am calling her, but she's not answering. And then the officer yelled at me. Because you're not supposed to be on your phone because you're you're technically in, in jail. In jail. <laughs> so then, so then, um, Eden looks at me because, granted, I am not in jail, but I'm just sitting next to her in the holding cell because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, she looked at me and she's like, "Well, if I can't make a phone call, then can you do it?" And I was like, "Yeah, well, technically, I'm not arrested. I'm just here." So then I took her, I took your phone, and then I called or I texted your best friend. Well, I she took my phone and Alicia again didn't answer, so I told her to text her. I was like, "I'm in jail, nine one one. This is not a drill. Pick up your phone." And so immediately she answered the next call, and she's like, "Hi, you don't know me, but your best friend just got arrested, and we're in the we're in jail, and we need somewhere to stay. According to her, you will help us." <laughs> And then she's like, put me on speaker. <laughs> and then all you hear is her yelling. She's like, Eden, what the hell is going on? And she was at a party herself. And so she la- ended up leaving her party. She's like, I'm going home. I'm leaving the door unlocked. Like, just just get here. And so sure enough, my dad arrives. He picks us up. Side note, this is the first time I'm meeting her parents, Ugh. which was not in the best yeah. way or the way that I would I would have wanted to meet your dad this is literally worst case worst case scenario, scenario to meet a parent for the first time that or I knocked you up I feel like they would have been honestly sick. knocking up might have been better <laughs> <laughs> that might have been an easier conversation to have um this was terrible yeah and, and, and he brought my stepmom too so that was just lovely more people to like share this with 
Um, so he picks me up in the car and I'm, and I'm still on this high of like, everything is fine. Like stop overreacting. Everything's fine. I don't know why everyone's being so serious. And then Jay turns to me again and she's like, Eden, for the love of God, please stop talking. <laughs> and then I'm like, fine, but everything's fine. <laughs> and then, then I, he dropped us off. I, I think it started to click as soon as we started to get closer to my friend's house that everything was not fine and like I st- it felt like the drugs were starting to wear off mm-hmm. at that point and then Alicia was so quiet my dad didn't say a word he just pulled up to the house and unlocked the door and we just got out and then we get to the we get to her house we open the door and she's like I'll talk to you tomorrow morning and I was like okay and then I remember waking up the next morning with you and then realizing everything was not fine <laughs> that it was not a dream and that now we're here and it is a holiday weekend. I was just going to say, and that was the worst part, was that our car was, my car was going to be impounded one extra day because that Monday was a holiday. So I had to, we had to stay in the bay one extra day. That means we were going to have no car, no yep. money, no shoes, no chonies, no toothbrush for three for, days now. Yeah, three days. Yeah, yeah, Three whole days. And we are in so much trouble. But thankfully, my best friend came through and she's like, hey, I'm going to take you guys to Target and y'all can do a shopping spree, figure out some outfits and some chonies. So we did the walk of shame in the morning as as soon as the Target door is opened. I wish I had the slump, like that video of of us walking in Target that next day. Oh, it was a train wreck. (laughs) Like we look like we had gone through hell and we did. Yeah. And came out looking like I think that was the first time the universe tested us. If I'm honest, I, you know, it's like, you got to be careful what you wish for, because I did tell the universe after that terrible situation of that girl we both hooked up with, I was like, I need you to stop sending me trash. Like, I need you to send me a ride or die. Like, I need to know that somebody's, you know, going to be there through the thick and thin of it. And I, I want a ride or die or I want nothing. There's nothing more ride or die than riding in the back of a cop car <laughs> as an option not not by force but because you want to <laughs> i still like i don't know i don't know if our listeners would have would have done the same thing on a fourth date would have would have done and made the same choices you did but and not only just that but we still had three more days of of going through it yeah. together. It wasn't like the, the car was that the jail and getting out and my dad picking us up and my best friend having to shelter us. Like that wasn't the, the end of it. We still had three more days yeah. of having to go through this kind of like turmoil and walking into Target and being like this, this dirty, not dirty because I, I made mean, my face look like a mess, but it was just like we had gone through hell and we were doing this huge walk of shame. And I remember we still tried to like make fun. Like you were going through the Target clothes section. I think you picked out like. I, I tried to create the more, the most butchiest <laughs> Target outfit. So I found some flannels and some like Chuck looking shoes and some. They're like fake Converse. Yeah, it was just fine. <laughs> I rocked them all weekend long. It was totally fine. We but, had to get underwear, yeah. bras. Like it was very intimate, very cool quickly we had to get toothbrushes face like everything yeah but i remember going down the aisles and being like what's your favorite color like what toothbrush do you want or like 
what toothpaste brand do you normally use? So like we tried to make light of the situation for sure. And we, I was like showing you like, do you like this? Do you like this? And, you know, it was very humbling very quick because yeah. we went from wearing such nice things to like, no, being like this is like our, and then again, targets in smaller towns aren't as like good the as targets in a way. <laughs> I agree. So we were, we were working with what we got and then, um, obviously having no money and I think that's something that you and I are very like it's just something both of us do we don't like ask for help and so having to rely on somebody else financially who was like a complete stranger to you and then obviously was my best friend and my best friend's a single mom and to just like lean on her during this time was so big and I didn't want to ask for help but she it wasn't even a question she was like of course um and I obviously I paid her back after all this but it was she just was there for me when I needed her most she's also my other writer she's writer die for sure (laughs) yeah and so she got us our clothes and then she went to work and you and I were just stuck at home because we had no car with a baby with a baby <laughs> and yeah then we decided to take a lap around the block and we found a park yeah things just started to feel very heavy um i could start feeling it like you and i were being quiet in the room and i was like hey do you want to go for a walk and there was this park around the corner from my friend's house and we just sat on the swings yeah we pushed each other on the swings it yeah. was kind of cute and i was i think i was just asking you like Okay, if you had to pick a favorite memory or favorite part <laughs> of the night, what would it be? And we just had all of these like still very intimate conversations. I asked you like what your favorite childhood memory was. I really wanted to get to know you, like the real you. Um, I I also asked like why why did you stay? Like why did you stay in the car? You had every reason to leave. And I still gave you that option. And I was like, when when we get the car back and when everything, when we when things go back to normal, I want you to know like you still have an out. Mm-hmm. Like I will not judge you. Nobody on this podcast would judge you. <laughs> like if you wanted to turn out and like leave now, you have every right to. It it was a lot, and it was a lot very quickly. But you stayed, and yeah. I wanted to know why you stayed. I don't remember what I said that day. <laughs> I don't remember what I said that day, but I feel like, I mean, I knew at that time that, A, I loved you because I told you the night before that I loved you. And B, I I, I would do that a thousand times over if it meant we would end up where we're at now. You know, I also don't trust the police so that was a big part of it as well just not allowing them to take you somewhere where you weren't supervised Mm -hmm. that was really important to me and you like your safety overall Mm -hmm. so I don't know I felt like it was a lot of reasons Mm. you sure you didn't love me any less after that no I did not (laughs) we got through it and I feel like if anything it really taught us like resilience and like who we are as people right because I could have easily I could have easily just said peace like I don't want to talk to this girl she's kind of a mess this Mm -hmm. was the craziest situation it's only her fourth date I can't imagine how crazy it's gonna get from here on out um but those those like thoughts never 
entered like mm-hmm. if anything it was just like wow like we 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 were stripped of everything money luxury car like our stuff like everything was taken away from us and i still had a good time with you yeah i think my favorite um not only just the swings but my favorite memory from that trip is uh was again going back to taco bell yeah taco bell was a part of our first date do you want to um, tell them about the game that we made? Yeah, up? we made up a game that night. We couldn't afford anything because we didn't have any money. And um, I, I didn't think... have Apple Pay on my phone or no, anything at that I time. No, neither did I. And I think right after that was when we did it. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, like let's never just add all our credit cards and our debit cards on our Apple Pay and never not have money available um, <laughs> just in case. But we went to Taco Bell and uh, at the time I loved the hot sauces and you liked the fire. No, you, that was I like the fire. Sorry. Yeah. I we like went to Taco hot. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time we went to Taco Bell and that's all we could afford. And we sat there and Eden liked the hot sauce mm-hmm. and I liked the fire sauces. And we were sitting there. I was eating my cheesy gordita crunch and you were eating your Mexican pizza. And, you know, normally it has like little sayings on each fire sauce you know like you're smoking or like just random be mine be mine marry <laughs> yeah and so we started a game where i would try to use one of the packets to like uh hit on her and then she would try to one up me yeah. or we would try to make like a sentence out of it or like yeah. some sort of yeah it was really cute it'd be like be mine and then my packet i would put down and be like i can't wait and then you put down a packet and be like say less and then yeah. we keep going <laughs> until it doesn't make sense anymore yeah. and then whoever doesn't make sense so i loses yeah and that, that was the game and that was our game and that was just our thing like we were just sitting in taco bell with these hot sauce packets flirting with each other and again it's like we had nothing yeah <laughs> and we still made it so much fun um, we still play that game when we <laughs> go to Taco Bell to this day. It's and a core memory for me. It really was. And then um, my best friend finally, you know, came home from work, and then she, you drove know, drove us to the tow. Well, she she just I think she felt really bad for everything. Like she, I think she felt bad for being so hard on me in the beginning, um, because she knows that like one, I'm. I wouldn't say I'm perfect, but I've never made a mistake in my life. No, she's the rebellious one. She's the crazy one. I've, I, she was supposed to be the one in jail before me. Like we, <laughs> we would, I would put money. We, she would put money on herself. Um, but it was me instead, and she, I think, just also knew like I was still going through a lot with my mom. Of course. And she, I remember when she came back from work, and she's like, "You guys, I want to take you to dinner. You, you've been through a lot. Like, let me treat you." And, and then she took us to Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> and for me, I'm like, again, just for context, Jay works for like a Michelin star chef. At the time. At the time. And she has traveled the world and eaten at the, at the most expensive and amazing places. She's eaten with like these amazing chefs. And so, when, and I love my best friend because this was my old life. Like I would always joke with her and tell her like, you know, I'm used to, you know, like Denny's and like Olive Garden, <laughs> a lot of these like major chains. And then Jay was like, well, I'm about to shake up your world a little bit yep. in your palate. And so when she was like, I'm going to take you somewhere nice. And it's like, I'm going to take you to Cheesecake Factory. And it just <laughs> made me laugh because I, to me, you know, Cheesecake Factory was like fancy. 
and to you it just I can only imagine what was going through your head no but there we, was no judgment yeah. at that time I was I no I was not bougie in any way but no we were very humble I was very happy with Cheesecake Factory same that bread the bread the brown bread yeah <laughs> so it's just me you and her and her kid and we were like eating Cheesecake Factory you were getting to know my best friend yeah that's what I appreciated I appreciated that I got to like she told stories about your childhood and yeah. like embarrassing and funny <laughs> stories and I, I loved that I loved getting to know you like on a deeper level and like having to meet your best friend and having yeah. that to share that experience and that bonding time together yeah and what I really appreciated about her is that she she is the type of person that will tell it how it is she she will not sugarcoat anything I mean I think she was really harsh on all my exes and she didn't like anyone and even after all that we went through together and like how she met you She's never had a bad word to say about I know, you. She loves me. She loves you. She still loves you. Same. I love her. <laughs> and then after everything, my friend goes to take us to the impound lot to go get your baby. Yes. Go pick up my Audi at the time, which was my baby. Yeah. She had a single car, single mobile, <laughs> like freshly right before we met. How long did you have your car? Not that long. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That was the very short, maybe a couple months before I met you. <laughs> like my apartment. And this is important because the only reason why we're talking about my car right now is because it gets worse. After we get on the road, <laughs> right? And we've gone through hell and back and the bags are packed. Bags are packed. We're ready to drive back home to LA. I get in my little car and we're waiting at a red light. And all of a sudden, I think I even look back to you and I'm like, Hey, that wasn't so bad. Like yeah, we got, we that. got through you it. Did say that. Like she now we just have a fun ride home. <laughs> mm-hmm, a fun ride home. And then she said that. And as I'm looking in my rear view mirror, there's a truck right behind me that is not paying attention to the red light and slams directly into my car. And I lose it at that point. I totally have like a mental breakdown because <laughs> I felt like okay. The world has tested my patience, <laughs> my understanding, my empathy, like everything, right? And I'm just, I thought we were through it, we were done with it, and then this car just slams in the back of my car. Oh, man. <laughs> and, I, and I feel so bad because this was like an old man. Like He was just like this little senior he was, citizen. He was, and he was sipping on his big, big gulp, gulp, which I could see in my rear view mirror, and, and he was like texting or something. Which no, is, he's like, I had, his big gulp was so big, he couldn't see the light, and he didn't know it turned red. And you turned red real quick. And yeah. I was just thinking, like, this poor old man has no idea the what weekend we that we had. And that I you're just feel bad. unleashing in the moment. He didn't want to get that out of his like car. That was, like, the one time that I lost I lost it. I jumped out of my car and I, like, went straight to his door. Window. And I was like, get out. Get out of your car <laughs> right now. He's like, no. Granted, I'm, like, 5'2". And he's, like, 6'3". And I'm like, get out. And then I'm like, sir, it's been a really rough weekend. Just give me your insurance and we'll call it a day. <laughs> you get back in your car. You get back in your car. And then we just, we just handle the paperwork and we'll leave. And it was just, you you held it together so strong the entire weekend, like not getting upset, not getting mad. <laughs> you were really trying to be an angel. And then this happened and it was just the straw. But we still, I think we still had a good time. The five hour now drive all the way back yeah. home. <laughs> I was trying to like make light of it, but I, I think mess with 
me, you were like, okay, but mess with your car. It was a different, it was a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had saved up like for like all year to buy mm -hmm. like that really nice sports car. So for me, yeah. it was like my pride and joy at the time. Obviously not it anymore. You're my yeah. pride and joy. Uh, but yeah, so that was just like, damn, on top of that, on top uh, of all uh, of this, you're going to hit my car? One last nail in the coffin yeah. for that. But I mean, and that was fourth date. And then we got home and we laughed about it. And I, I don't think you thought I was going to call you back. I don't think so. I really thought you were still, you still had your out. I still asked you one more time. I'm like, okay, if you really want to go separate ways and you don't want to see me, you're totally fine to just, you know, make your exit. Nope. Yeah. And I think even like you came home and your roommates were like, you didn't leave yeah, all my that. All my roommates were like, what happened? You did what? She did what? Oh, you're never talking to her again, right? She's not like the one that sounds crazy. Hope you never talk to her. And I was like, no, I think I'm going to ask her on a date next week. <laughs> and they were like, you're crazy. Crazy in love. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, what do you feel like was your biggest takeaway? From the crazy fourth date, I think, I think date number four with you um, opened my eyes to what a real partnership, what a real like ride or die looks like in a relationship. Like at any point, you could have been like, "Yeah, this is a lot. Like you should go back home," or like, mm -hmm. "Let's part ways," or or maybe like you were super apologetic. Mm -hmm. from the beginning mm -hmm. you were never like cocky or I don't even think cocky is the right word like you were never defensive about the way that things happened and I think that had a lot to do with just the way that you are mm -hmm. and that helped me understand you more yeah and it made me realize like oh we, we actually do work well under pressure mm -hmm. which is a huge key like that's what I wanted in a partner when I met you, I was looking for someone that wasn't going to run from, like, difficult situations and was going to, like, want to go through it with me. Yeah. And I feel like that was such a big testament to what mm -hmm. I was looking for. Like, finding someone that when everything is stripped away, you still want to be in it. Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's definitely, I mean, as hard as it was, and we had to go through a lot after it, like... I had to get a lawyer and then I had to, I didn't have a car for like a year. Yeah. I had to go through a bunch of things and going to that like school and all that stuff. It was a lot. And you stuck by my side the whole time. Um, you stuck through it. You, you took me to all of my classes. You mm -hmm. picked me up from my classes. You supported me through it and just kept me, um, dropped me off and picked me up from work every day. Like you didn't have to do all those things, but you did. And I know they say like love makes you do crazy things, but those are some, I'm very, very thankful um, that I got to see a piece of you because I knew what I was asking for. I knew I wanted somebody that, you know, would make me want to be the best version of myself. And as, although that was the worst version of myself, I, I think I try really hard not to make a mistake. And, but when I do make mistakes, I feel like I make pretty big ones. And I needed somebody to be able to be patient and understand that I learn. I learn very quickly. 
but to understand that you know as long as you can be patient with me like I will I want to grow and I just want somebody who you know wants to grow with me I think my toxic trait would be self-sabotage I would have been like I'm too much I I, you know I'm too much for somebody like I need to leave like I'm just gonna cut you out of my life like I like I can't do this like I'm just gonna leave and I I know you had every excuse in the book to stay but if I'm honest my natural instinct would have been to run like I'm a really good runner and I I would have ran in that situation um, because I would have been running from acknowledging that I need to get help, that I need to really deal with my mom's loss, that I need to deal with a lot of the things that I was running away from. And you were the person that made me want to face them head on. And I know like, through these years, like, I have made mistakes. Like, even the other day, like, I'm freaking, I <laughs> I picked the wrong plane ticket or something like that. <laughs> and it was such a fiasco. But, like, I need somebody to understand, like, you know, I don't always make mistakes. But when I do, they can be pretty bad. But to just be patient with me and know that I'm learning. And that, you know, I try not to make these things again. And I just want to be the best version of myself for my person. And vice versa. Like, I feel like when we met one another, we really pushed each other to want to grow. Yeah, immediately. Even if we weren't ready or didn't want to. we Or were kicking and screaming kicking on and our screaming. way there. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew, I think we knew if this is going to work, it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah. But if you were willing to sign up for this, then you would. And I, I think that, that's like another reason, right? Like we're both 100 we always give a hundred in this relationship, no matter what. And sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Like it's really growth is hard as hell. And I don't think we talk about it enough mm-hmm. in general as a society, how hard it is to like unlearn habits and learn from your mistakes and try to be a better person. But like I found that in you mm-hmm. and like you make me want to be a better person. It's so misleading to think that it, as soon as you find the one, it's going to be the easiest relationship you've ever been in. And it's so Newsflash. hard. flash. <laughs> that is not the case. It's not. It's extremely hard. It's easy to love. I think loving you is the easiest thing because it doesn't take much. I naturally am in love with you. I love the way you smell. I love the way you look. I love the way you feel. Like loving you is so easy and it's so natural. That being in a relationship with somebody that you love takes so much work. And it's a choice that you make every single day. It's a choice to not only I, – I can't, I can't put up expectations of you that I'm not willing to put myself. I can't expect the best version of you if I'm not the best version of me. And it really helps flip the mirror back on who you are as a person and what you're asking of your person. And you've drawn – so many of the best parts out of me and not the worst ones same (laughs) and I love that so much about you I love that about you too and I know like fourth date wasn't ideal (laughs) but it was memorable and that's all that matters it's one of many memorable dates (laughs) we'll have to definitely get into dates two and three maybe in the next episode And for that note, we'd like to open it up and let you all know that we do a Let's Talk Thursdays on our Instagram where we 
ask you all questions and we give you as quick and honest answers on Instagram as possible. But what we're going to do is we're going to take those questions and bring them to the podcast here and openly, transparently and freely uh, answer some of those things. Every week, new episodes. <laughs> and every week, a new episode. We love you all. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for hanging out with Eden Next Day unfiltered. I hope you enjoyed our little unfiltered story. Yep. And I <laughs> hope you come back next week for a brand new episode. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye.